0: Welcome to Phoenix Rising. I am your host, Kaylee Montoya-Houston. I am a certified personal trainer and online nutrition coach. I will be joined by my co-host, Julie Montoya-Houston. This show will cover all aspects of fitness, including nutrition, exercise, and mindset to help you reach your goals at any stage of your journey. We will bring you science-based information to help you take charge of your fitness goals and give you the power to rise like a phoenix. Welcome back to Phoenix Rising. I'm joined as always by my co-host Julie Montoya Houston and we're actually going to dive in today all on her gut health protocol. So we're just going to give you an update. If you've been following along, uh, you know this is the third episode in this phase. So um, definitely if you haven't Go back and watch the first one. We'll attach the first two podcasts to the show notes. So you want to go watch those or sorry, listen to those first before you listen to this one. Otherwise, you may be a little lost (laughs) in this protocol. But let's just dive in. So how's it going? Like we're on week nine now, right? In this whole protocol. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So since I started the very first supplement, which was at Saccharomyces boulardii, Mm -hmm. That was nine weeks ago. And so we did the Saccharomyces boulardii for a week, and then the next week we added in the colostrum. We did both of them together for another week while I brought my diet closer to what it needed to be, which was gluten-free, dairy-free, and low FODMAP. Gotcha. And so we have been at that diet for a while and that diet is supposed to just be the temporary while we're going through the protocol. After that, it will not be that way. Right. We're just really focused on healing the gut right now. Right. Right. So, um, so yeah, we, we did those two for a couple weeks and then we have started on the H. Pylori phase. And I, I just, today is my, the th- end of my third week of the H. Pylori phase. Uh, so we will do that for one more week. Uh, I may extend it for two more weeks just because I need to get some supplements and we have Memorial Day coming in and I want to make sure that for this third phase, I really have everything dialed in. A little bit stricter on the diet per se. Yeah, because I've been strict on my diet, but I've still been allowing myself You know, our date nights and Mm -hmm. stuff like that where we go for ice cream and we have pizza or whatever we have. So I've been allowing myself the once a week kind of let go. And I know with the holiday weekend we're going to have our date night plus we're probably going to have a barbecue. So I really want to make sure that I get things kind of reined back in a little bit. Mm -hmm after the holiday, before I start the next phase. So one or two more weeks, but we are ready for phase three. Right. And when she's speaking of H. pylori, she's meaning the the process of removing the H. pylori from her gut. Yeah, removing the H. pylori infection. So killing that infection, healing the gut up after that infection. Um, And so to do that, we had added in three weeks ago, we had added in the pure encapsulations, which were that diglycerized licorice i know yeah, i'm not going to try that it's a, yeah it's dated, it's abbreviated dgl and there's a reason yeah yeah but it's a that that encapsulation is not just that licorice but it's also got some marshmallow root in it um i think some aloe in it and something else in it so it's really um therapeutic and healing for the gut cuz aloe does inside your body exactly what it does when you put it on a sunburn it kind of soothes and heals yeah is that one that has like the elm Bark. Slippery Elm. Slippery Elm. Yep, that, that's yeah. the other one. Slippery yep. Elm. Um, so I've been doing that one. And I've also been doing the Mastic Gum. And the Mastic Gum is supposed to be very effective herbal yeah. treatment of H. pylori. Found so- only on one island. In we Greece? We found out. In something Greece? In Greece. In a very random remote island. It's the only place you can find this stuff. Yeah. We actually had... Uh, so we work with functional medicine doctors and a chiropractor who also is very functional medicine... Uh, minded, yeah. I guess, and so he actually was telling us that he really likes mastic gum, and it's been used for centuries, and that it is found in a tree, and the mastic tree, I think is what he said mm-hmm. it, it was called the mastic tree, yeah. and it grows only on one small island in Greece. And what they do is they they tap in, they take is it a spire? Is that what they put I in? I believe, for, so, yeah, for the sap, basically, for sap, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they tap into the tree, and they get some sap from it. When they get the sap, they take the sap, and I believe he said they dried it out. It's powder, yep, And make it a powder, and that's what's in my mastic gum. So um, it's been used for a lot of different things, but it is supposed to be a natural antimicrobial, antibacterial, and it's supposed to be very effective for killing H. pylori infection, whereas the typical Western medicine treatment for that would be multiple rounds of antibiotics well i don't know about necessarily multiple rounds but you definitely have to do anywhere between two and four different antibiotics at the same time yeah and that absolutely just destroys your gut so it's i mean you're making and you're fixing that issue but you're making another issue worse right so and multiple issues well i mean because to get to do it the western way you kill the h pylori but you end up usually coming away with either SIBO or leaky gut or both. And then, of course, Western medicine is just now starting to accept that leaky gut and SIBO are a thing, but it's not widespread yet. So usually what happens is they treat the H. pylori, okay, that's done, and then when you have all these complications from the antibiotics with SIBO or leaky gut, usually they just kind of look at you and say, oh, you have IBS. And so then you're stuck on an anti-diarrhea regime the rest of your life trying to get rid of that, or an anti-constipation, whichever the case may be. And life is not always pleasant. I'm obviously, I've been living it for the same reasons. So, right. So now that you're, you're moving on to this next kill phase in the process, I guess, before we even talk about what you're going to be including in there, I guess, fill in, let us know. I mean, I know I'm part of the process, but let the listeners know, have you seen, Any improvements? Have you felt any difference so far within these first nine weeks? Yeah. So I guess what we should have also included, we talked about our diet and those two supplements. So when we moved into phase two, we also had to keep doing the lifestyle things as well. So trying to keep stress low, Mm -hmm. trying to get between seven and nine hours of sleep, um, no super high intensity cardio, cardio, no um, lifting no more than three days a week with an RPE of seven or lower. Um, so you're not really pushing it because you don't want a lot of stress on your body. Right. And that is very important. So don't overlook this aspect. It's not like you can just fill your body full of supplements and not take the right lifestyle path because this reduced stress and reduced intensity and more sleep are all very much part of why this protocol is working. Yeah. And so we're doing all those things, not to mention we are eating three to four small meals a day, um, Trying to get them at least three to four and a half hours apart each meal. Walking 10 minutes after each meal to help Mm -hmm. with digestion. um, Avoiding alcohol, which is not an issue anyway. Um, I think that's it. I feel like there's really nothing else in there. So those things were all included. So whatever we started out with, with all those lifestyle symptoms or um, actions, the... The diet, and then we just started adding in the supplements on top of that. And so, what we are getting ready to do now is once I finish my fourth week of H. pylori, oh, I'm sorry, back up. You wanted to talk about symptoms. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, sorry, I'm, I, my, the computer dinged and it like got me all off on the wrong track. So, since starting the H. pylori phase, I have actually, before moving into this phase, I was feeling really good. Mm -hmm. I have felt better than I have felt in a long time. Now, since we've started the H. pylori phase, I haven't felt super great, but that's pretty typical. Any time you treat an H. pylori infection, whether you go my route or whether you go the traditional Western medicine route, it's normal to have some pain in your gut, some burning sensation, um, and I'm not talking just heartburn, but it could be heartburn or it could just be that pain that I had described before, Mm -hmm. the burning sensation in your lower GI tract. Um, you can have some nausea, sometimes vomiting, sometimes diarrhea. Um, I've really just had some gut pain. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a little gassier than normal. I find I'm like super belchy. I mean, I was before too. Um, but it's come back again. Um, and I've had some nausea just feeling kind of eh. Um, but I've also noticed that I'm not having as many bad gut days. I mean, I was feeling really good before we started this phase, and then once we jumped into this phase, I started having more gut days than I was having the first two weeks. Right. But not what I was having before we started the protocol. Gotcha. Um, So, still improvement. Still improvement, yes. I don't feel like there's as much inflammation in my gut. Uh, My weight is still dropping, even though we're not in a cut. I'm eating a maintenance all right. So um, calories have not lowered at all during this process. No, actually, actually they went up, didn't they, at the beginning Yeah. of the yeah, phases? Yeah. So I've, yeah, I've actually increased. I'm over 2000 now yeah. and that's supposed to be my maintenance, but I'm still dropping weight. So, right. so um, it more than likely that is, I'm sure, due to that inflammation and in the right. gut coming down. So the weight of course is going to represent that. Right. I don't, I don't feel as bloated either. Um, I'm having, I have more confidence, which is a big thing for me. I have more confidence in my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I've noticed too, is I'm sleeping better. Uh, we're, we are transitioning a hard transition here in Kansas into a summer. We've kind of skipped right on over spring and we're moving right into summer. Except today. Except it's it's for today. 55 it's degrees 50 and rainy. Degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had some nights where I haven't slept good because it was too hot in the house, but otherwise, I'm going to sleep. I seem to be sleeping well. I wake up, for the most part, feeling fairly fairly rested most days. I still have some days where I struggle with fatigue, but that also could be due to the gut pro- process. I mean, your body's fighting an infection. Well, and this, just because I live with you, well, this is a big improvement because usually you would wake up every morning and not feel rested or recovered at all. Yeah. Correct? Right. Yes. And But we also have been doing a program where, I can sleep in and stay in bed and kind of wake up a little more gradually than mm-hmm. just literally alarm goes off, leap out of bed and right into the gym, which when you leap out of bed like that, your adrenaline gets going instantly. And so it's hard. Um, so I've had some time th- with this other program we had, which I hated the program, but the benefit was the that duration was shorter. I got to stay in bed a little bit longer because the workouts weren't as long. Yeah. So there was a perk to that. Um, but I've also noticed we're in right now, everybody around me is sneezing and sniffling and coughing and blowing their nose and it's allergy season. And everybody's like, Oh, I feel like crap. The allergies. I have noticed that I have not had any real issues with any kind of allergy or sinus issues really since I started this protocol, usually it would just be an annual thing, when we started moving into spring, summer, I would have one really bad sinus infection. And then when we moved from fall to winter, I'd have another one. And so far, knock on wood, I haven't had one at all this year, nor have I had a whole lot of the sore, scratchy, raw throat, the sinus, you know, the pressure, um, stuffy noses. Now I did have some sinus pressure the other day, but the chiropractor actually released that. It was not even related to my sinuses really more than bone musculoskeletal stuff yeah um so there's your link between your asthma allergies and your gut right Right. there it's amazing yeah because i have not i'm feeling much better and we've even had the windows open as much as we can and been sleeping with the windows open to the point where i walked in one day and had to dust pollen off of our entertainment center i mean because the wind was just blowing the pollen in and I really haven't felt too terrible actually. So overall, I'd say it's a decent improvement. Yeah, definitely, I would say so. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your story on IG or Facebook and tag me on IG at Kaylee Montoya Fitness or on Facebook at Kaylee Montoya Houston so I can reach out and thank you personally. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to rate and review us on wherever you get your podcast from. This greatly helps the show grow so we can help more people reach their own health and fitness goals. Okay, so now we know where where you're at, kind of a little bit along the journey. So now we're moving on, like I said, to the kill phase or the the antimicrobial phase. Yeah, yeah. So this is where things are supposed to... The shit's supposed to hit little, the fan. A little dicey. It's supposed to go a little dicey, yeah. Okay, okay. The shit is, Oh, boy. <laughs> the shit is supposed to hit the fan. Not um, literally. Yeah, well, we hope we <laughs> hope not. And you Otherwise, you're going to have a mess to clean up. Oh, my gosh. So, there are some, you know, they've kind of already prompted me. And they were like, you know, when f- this phase starts, kind of be aware. Because a lot of people have some unfavorable symptoms. And the reason for this is, is because... This is called the kill phase, which is where you're specifically dealing with the SIBO, the small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. That's what SIBO stands for. And so basically what happens is when you have SIBO, it's basically dysbiosis. It's when your bad bacteria and your good bacteria are not in the same ratio. Usually your bad bacteria has overtaken your gut and it makes you feel really poorly. You get a lot of bloating, diarrhea, constipation, nausea, vomiting. Um, It could really, any gut symptoms could be SIBO. Um, So when you have to kill off some of this bacteria and start repopulating the gut, anytime you change the microbiome of your gut, you can have some GI distress. And so that's why a lot of people, when they take antibiotics, they get diarrhea and they see that it's because they're seeing that microbiota change because the antibiotics, they can't just kill the bad germs and not the good bacteria as well. They kill all the bacteria. So that's why people get diarrhea. This is very similar because you're still going to be killing off bacteria and it's got to go somewhere. So the expected symptoms could possibly be um, an exacerbation of constipation or diarrhea, which for me it would be constipation, but diarrhea could happen. We want the bacteria to die off, and so usually that shows up with diarrhea, nausea, fatigue, aches and pains, flu-like symptoms. Um, so it could be, it could be um, dicey, as Kaylee put it. <laughs> right, but we've taken this time to basically prepare your body to be able to handle this die-off phase uh, leading up into this, correct? Yes. And I do have a whole list of supplements that I can add in should I need to, to help support the detox and the digestion. Okay. So if we needed to add those in, I would add them in kind of as needed, but right now they're not on the board. So right now the plan is, is we're going to move from the phase two, which I'm currently in. I'm going to told you I'm going to finish out one week, maybe two weeks of this H. pylori um, phase, which is the phase two. And then what's going to happen is we are going to stop the two H. pylori supplements, which were the encapsulations and the mastic gum. I will continue the Saccharomyces boulardii and I will continue the colostrum. We are also going to add in, I'm actually changing to a methylated multivitamin, which will kind of help the methylation is, makes it more bioavailable for your body. So I'm going to switch my multivitamins, which might help a little bit with the fatigue. Gotcha. Hopefully my body will be able to use those more readily. Yeah. Um, And then we're going to add in four supplements. And these four supplements are the antimicrobial herbs and supplements that will help kill off that bacteria. And so we're adding in oregano oil, berberine, we're adding in a biofilm defense supplement, and we're adding in a GI Detox supplement. So the oregano oil is nature's basically antibiotic, antimicrobial, and it's even anti inflammatory as well. Gotcha. So that will be basically what's going to help kill off the bad stuff. Right. In the meantime, the berberine, which berberine, if you've listened to us any sort of time, berberine is actually a very good herbal supplement for PCOS or um, diabetic drugs. Right. So usually when people have PCOS, it's an insulin sensitivity. They usually get diabetic drugs, not like the insulin or, you know, the pump oh, or anything like that. They get the metformin, they get the spirolactone. Yeah. And so berberine is a very good natural supplement for metformin. Of course, this is not medical advice. Always talk to your doctor. However, it has been shown in studies to be just as effective as if, if not even better than metformin, because a lot of people with metformin, they get bad GI distress. Right. I know I did. So berberine is a good alternative for that. Studies are now showing that berberine has... Um, has had very good success in improving people with IBS-like symptoms, diarrhea, and constipation because it helps support the healthy microbiota. Gotcha. So I'm assuming that's probably why it's in there. I'm sure. (laughs) Um, So the biofilm defense then, its whole job is exactly what it says. It's going to help promote new biofilm and support the current biofilm. And so your your gut lining is a mucosal barrier and so any mucosal barrier or any um, soft part of your body where things can l- like move across barriers they usually have a film over them so the inside of your gut has a film that kind of lines it that's we call it the gut lining we call it a lot of things but it actually has a biofilm. Kind of over it, and so that's all we're doing is bulking that up and protecting it, promoting new growth of that while we kill off the bad bacteria because that right. bacteria can kind of latch onto that biofilm. Right. So we want to just make sure that it's there, and that also will help, should help keep things from crossing the gut lining. Right, we do not want that to get into your your bloodstream. Of course, let me make sure that could cause worse. Yeah, symptoms because then it turns into leaky gut. Right. Um, And then the GI detox is kind of it's a binder really is what it is. So these other things are going to kill kill off, promote new growth and protect. The GI detox is going to bind all of it together. So while it's killing stuff off, it's going to bind all these things together and help my body excrete it. Mm Rather than it just kind of sitting and lingering. So it's kind of going to get out of there as quickly as we right. can. <laughs> so it's kind of going to bind them all together and make them to where they're not lingering, make gotcha. them stick together and let my body excrete them more effectively. Okay. So that's phase three. Of course, we're not changing anything else other than we're stopping the H. pylori. The phase two supplements will stop that were specific to phase two, phase three supplements will start. But the first two supplements that we started, along with all the diet and lifestyle things, will stay in place. Right. And they will stay in place pretty much until phase four, maybe phase five, when we start adding stuff back in. Right. So, I mean, this is not a a quick process. And Especially someone who's like Julia has been battling with these gut symptoms for a really long time. But I don't care if you've just noticed them over the last year. Anytime you go to repopulate the gut or focus on gut health, this is not going to be take this one thing, quick fix, don't change anything else, and like a month later, you're going to be fine. This is really going to take time to buckle down, really pay attention to your symptoms, whether you're, you're journaling them or tracking them or paying attention to the food. You have to commit In order to to see this change, like it's a it it can be a strenuous process, but it's also a beneficial one just because in these nine weeks, I can see how much of a difference it's made in Julie and the progress she has made just within nine weeks and nine weeks might seem like a long time for somebody. But I feel like in your case, you would think nine weeks is a pretty short time compared to the years that you've been suffering this has been going on for what did we estimate about 15 years? Yes, I thought 12 or 15 years. So nine weeks. If you think Nothing. about <laughs> what is, I mean, let me do some quick math here. Just let's just put this in perspective for you, because this is where people are like, well, that's a long process. And I'm not done yet. I'm nine weeks in, but I'm not done yet. Yeah. We're like at the halfway point, maybe. Right. But if you think about this, I have been dealing with this for about 15 years of my life, if not longer that's 780 weeks and I have put in nine weeks of work and I'm already seeing a difference. Yeah. So it's just finding someone who can help guide you and get you there the quickest way possible because I mean, we're nutrition coaches. Uh, We are, we've taken courses in this, but there's so many other people that are above you at any point in life and getting there the fastest way possible, learning along the way. That's what makes it the road to take and how much more benefit you can get out of this. Because could we have Googled this and done a lot of research and done some trial and error? Sure. But I don't think we would have been this far, this quickly, without the help of hiring a coach ourselves to help us get there. Yeah, I did some quick math. So 780 weeks, approximately, maybe more, is what I've been dealing with this. I'm nine weeks into my journey. Nine weeks is... 1% about of 780. I have spent 1% of the time that I spent sick to fix this problem. Now, I will say that when I was speaking to a a Western traditional medical doctor, their answer was, well, we don't really address SIBO or even recognize it as a condition because you can fix it with lifestyle things and chances are it can still come back. It can come back, but it's kind of like type 2 diabetes. What, what they don't tell you when you go to the regular doctor with type 2 diabetes is type 2 diabetes is a disease caused by food and therefore can be, if not fixed, prevented, or m- maintained with proper food. It's the same thing here. SIBO can, is a lifestyle thing. Chances are, it's a lot of times it's caused by antibiotics. But once you stop the antibiotics, there are things you can do lifestyle-wise or diet-wise to fix that. And it might come back, but then you go through the process again, and eventually you weed out the foods until you find what's triggering the SIBO. Right. Because it can be a food that can cause SIBO. You can have some sort of an intolerance that may not cause any other issue, but it has caused SIBO for you. Yeah. And if you keep eating that food, you will keep getting SIBO. But that's part of the reason we do the elimination diet here. And we got rid of gluten and dairy and FODMAP. And trust me, I did not want to do all those. I have done elimination diets before. I've gone non-dairy. I've gone non-gluten. Uh, I've done low FODMAP. I've done them all. Right. And I saw zero reprieve. And so I was not willing to do it again. But in order to get somewhere, I had to do something that I didn't want to do. And I had to make myself uncomfortable and I felt better. Yeah. And so it makes it a lot easier to stick to once you start noticing those differences. Yeah. And so it, it does become a challenge. Like we have Memorial Day and I want to make Kaylee and I a cake really bad. We had to go 30 miles to get the right things that we needed for this cake because we have to do it dairy free and we have to. Well, specifically lactose-free, not necessarily dairy. Lactose-free dairy I can eat. But we had to travel to get those because it is a pain in the ass and it is a little more expensive. But after I fix the problem with my gut, we can start adding foods back in and when we find something that doesn't work, we just stop eating that food. It's a lot easier to eliminate a food, even if you like it, than to feel miserable your, your whole life. So much so. So... It's it is worth it. It's not easy, but it's worth it. It's like marriage. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Right. Especially if you choose the right person. Right. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty much our our update. Unless there's anything else you want to add of what what the process is going to be. I'm sure it'll be about another month or so before we hop back on here to give another update. I mean, I've been trying to give updates every four weeks, even if nothing has changed in the protocol, to mm-hmm. at least kind of give an update on how I'm feeling and where I think we're headed. Yeah. Um, of course, it the next step always depends on how the first step goes. So we're coming to you now at the very end of phase two, knowing for sure what phase three is, which is why I'm, I'm fine giving you guys the update. But I'll probably give an update in four more weeks on how I'm feeling. But I don't know we the kill phase may take longer yeah i mean it just depends because we don't know how long i've had this dysbiosis and so we we may have four weeks of that we may not but after that i'm not sure where we go after that i'm i know that we may probably have to repopulate the gut with good bacteria and i think then we're going to try to increase the stomach acid to get me off the nexium yeah so but again though We don't know any of that for sure until we see how I respond to the kill phase, which is phase three. All right. So sounds like a plan. All right, guys. Well, keep checking back. And like I said, we'll drop those links in the show notes for the first, the prior two episodes to make sure if you want to get caught up, you have the ability to. Okay. All right, guys. See you later. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Phoenix Rising. For more information on how to take charge of your fitness goals, follow me on IG or Facebook, or you can head over to KayleeMontoyaFitness.com to apply for a free coaching call today. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show, shoot me an email to KayleeMontoyaFitness at gmail.com. Don't forget to catch us on the next episode.